Welcome, wrestling fans, to a bout of epic proportions. It's time to strap on your boots, throw that title over your shoulder, and stumble to the middle of the ring for a double choke slam from the Brothers of Discussion. In the far corner, the older, the wiser, the funnier, Mike Clang and Bang Clang. In the other corner, the younger, the quicker, the prettier, Matt, thumping and pumping, clang! Hey everybody! <laughs> you can't do a countdown and then slow down. How am I supposed to go? We can't synchronize when you go five, four, three, two, and it's one! Go! Alright! It was on go. It's just like the... Royal Rumble. Else? It'll go ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. And then the song's already yeah. playing. One, two. And then they're already in the ring doing clotheslines. I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. Come on, bring it on. All right. Welcome to episode fifty-five of the Brothers of Discussion. Uh, oh, discussion! Friendly banter there to get her started. Uh, very friendly. It was so I was so very, happy ooh, very to have that happen. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. If you want to find everything, brothers, a discussion, and I don't know why you wouldn't, because we're super great. I can't think of yeah. a reason. Yeah. We we're giving out free stuff. I don't I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> why don't you? We're paying you to like I us. Know, I feel what? this is really pathetic now. I, I wish you guys liked us. We'll give you free stuff. Please. You don't even have to mean you it. Want to, do you want us to believe? You don't even have to mean it. Are they upset because Matt never ate his Big E chocolate dick I'm cake? I'm sure nobody even knows about that. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm pretty upset about that. I said if you made it, I'd eat it. Never got made. So I'm never going to eat it. Um, well, we're well. here for episode 55. Uh, we are one week after the uh, our one-year anniversary celebration, which obviously wasn't our one-year anniversary, as Mike loved to point out during the episode. Uh, we had. I disagree. I said it was the very exciting 54th week of the year <laughs> uh, anniversary. We had uh, special guest Vince Russo went on uh, oh. a 20-minute spot, I think, when it's all said and done, giving us his opinion. Uh, I, I really suggest you go back, listen to that episode. I think it's one of the best segments of the Brothers of Discussion. We had Vince Russo on. That segment was yeah, that segment was longer than Finn Balor's main roster push. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but go back, listen to episode fifty-four. Also enjoy the celebration. And and one of the things that we talked about on on our celebration is our big giveaway. What we need you to do is go to iTunes and you need to. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that you can win a $30 Pro Wrestling Tees gift card or a three-month subscription to the WWE Network. Uh, we've tested out uh, on a quick survey of what people prefer. So far, on one person being surveyed, it is a Pro Wrestling Tees gift card, so you might just get that. Also, uh, I'll tell you this. We can do it right away. 
we can send it right on over uh so you don't have to wait uh, we can do it the night of if you're listening to the episode so there's nothing wrong can happen here uh just go right on over to itunes again what is it subscribe rate and review uh, the subscribe, podcast rate review that's and that's right that's Share because, it. yeah Love let's, it. let's grow the show i think is the famous hashtag that gets spread around for all of the podcasts out it's there it's wrestling one day yeah when when also wrestling wednesday <laughs> yeah techie <laughs> Kick him back, Tucky. Uh, we don't we All don't right. pretend to be something we're not on this show. We don't pretend to be sober. We on don't this pretend show. to be sober. We don't pretend to be journalists with uh, anonymous <laughs> sources. sources that are all the other bullshit shows that everybody loves. But we won't lie to you. That's what we are. That's Never. why we're different. That's why we want you to join the faction. Now, to join the faction, go to bodpodcast.com. You'll find links to all the social media, the Facebook, the Twitter. You're going to find links to the show for iTunes, for Google Play, for SoundCloud. Of course, you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts except for Spotify. Uh, But outside of that, you'll find all the blogs. Literally every other place except Spotify. (laughs) Spotify, we're coming. There's another podcast I listen to that they've been talking about. We're, We're trying real hard to get on Google Play. We will get back with you guys. We'll let you know. Um, we nailed Google it for you play. guys because we know that all you need to do is put in an application and you're on. So that's all you got to do there. Um, there's no yeah. decision process. You just, hey, here's my podcast. And Google Play's like, hey, we love data. Sure, come on over. Um, so that's how that works. So I just want you to yeah. know we nailed the free stuff uh, with that. We're not, we're not going to lie to you. It's Spotify that uh, actually – wants the high ratings and reviews so if you want if you want to see us on spotify it's spotify that wants any kind of credibility but we got everything else covered you guys we've got the vince russo impressions we've got uh heavy machinery impressions we've got howard fink impressions and yes we do trying out my nia Jax impression um oh (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I can't wait for that. It, it could be coming. You gotta stay tuned. Stay tuned to the Brothers of Discussion episode fifty-five. You don't want to put on a fresh pot of cold brew coffee. <laughs> uh, now, with that being said, Dude. we've just done five minutes of plugs here. Obviously, the contest. This is, is the, the part of the podcast you would probably skip <laughs> anyway. So the most important thing is for you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast Thanks. on iTunes so that you can win free stuff from us. Just do it. Yes. All right. Do it, Jackie. And, and don't forget. This- Thank God for those 15-second skips. Am I right? Am I right? It'll be episode 57 that we announce the winner. Now, let's get to some freaking... It's probably going to be Eduardo. Let's well, go get ahead. some freaking pro wrestling in there. Let's talk Let's yeah. talk about five minutes of pro wrestling, and we'll get back to plugs. Um, yes. Matt, it was a rough week for wrestling, all right? Uh, let's start with the show we actually like. NXT! NXT! Um, uh, Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest here. I saw EC3. Oh, you know what? I did. It was just EC3, Mia Yim, and Keith Lee, right? I didn't miss anything. I was gonna say that's all I watched. Uh, there was a there's a there's a, a delightful little promo by uh, Champa and Goldie. Um, oh, yep. And Goldie announced that she will be on NXT TV next week, and we're probably gonna find out too. He's gonna Goldie's gonna be defended against that uh, Royal Rumble takeover. 
then. So right. we'll have some time to build that feud, and uh, pretty excited about that. Cool, but cool, cool. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, doing that, um, kind of channeling the Joker in the Dark Knight. I know you mentioned Gargano doing that, yeah. you know, turning evil, but Champa does that too with his little promo. So he's like, oh, oh shush, shush, Brian, oh, oh shush, 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 and then he hits the phone, and you hear that. Well, it's like. If Gargano's going to do it, and now Daniel Bryan's kind of been jumping into it, it's... Come on, we all know that Sting did it, and, and Just Harvey did it. I know you usually got to tune down my volume, so I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, You're going to have to turn this part up. I really love Daniel Bryan's heel work right now. Oh my god. I'm going to just do some adult things, thinking about it, because it's so good. When, this, when that all doesn't right, get what? picked up, I'm going to be so fucking angry. <laughs> All right, Matt, NXT. NXT. Uh, for the listener at NXT. home, Mike said he loves yes. Daniel Bryan's mic work as a heel. Uh, but back to NXT. Yes. Uh, obviously, the big yes. thing here, the huge thing that happened on NXT, the absolutely gargantuan thing that happened. Yes. The I would say almost like seeing two Leviathans go at it. It was that big. It, it was, to me, this was the real... It was two gargantuans. This was the Terminator three and terminator four battles where you're seeing terminators fight terminators and they're crashing yes. through walls and stuff like that's what this was it was keith lee and lars sullivan i guess this will be lars yes. sullivan's last match i think we 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 uh, uh we right. thought no, it was last this week. will be this, his last match it. uh getting the win over keith but uh damn damn it all uh that was one of the best big man matches i've ever seen so much, so much athleticism and agility going into those moves with those two huge guys, and they never like it wasn't, it wasn't just them being athletic and agile. Like they did so many shoulder tackles and power moves and just the punches. Keith Lee does such a good job of slapping his chest right after a punch that they all they all look <laughs> like they're knocking teeth out. He's he is he's one of the best guys at, at hitting his chest after the punch. I think he's one of the, like, out of the few matches we've seen, I, and I think this is an yeah, underrated quality, but Keith Lee... Yeah, I don't know if it's him being a southpaw. Like, it, it just looks good on the camera, and it the slap sounds good, but I, I, I'm i in lockstep mm. with you. Um, you know, one of, one of the, the other thing... Go ahead. That, go ahead. No, uh, I was just going to say, with this match, you know, we know Keith Lee has, you know, been tearing it up on the indies, and he's, you know, he's... You know, you felt uh, you've been able to bask in his in his his glory, yeah. right? While well, he's been in the indie scene, but much like Vince McMahon, if it's not on WWE or NXT, I don't know it exists. Okay, this match for me was a big deal because it finally got Keith Lee over for me, and it got him over in defeat against Lars Sullivan because up till now he's kind of been battling guys who are you know roughly half his mat you know body yeah. mass. You know, this match we got to see him do. I think I lost. I think it, on on count it was four springboard maneuvers. Um, three of them actually hit, and one of them, uh, Lars was you know was a designed uh, reversal. Yeah. Um, but he he did it. Yeah, he's a he's a big man that you know it makes me uh, pine. It makes me pine for when he gets to fight somebody like Rusev, another you know big man who's you know close to three hundred pounds and athletic. Uh, somebody like Big E. Um, well, you, you know, we're in a we're in a golden we're in a golden age of of big men where these guys are all athletic, and so Keith Lee got to show off his agility 
And Lars, you know, we I know we talked about it last week. We're worried about how's this guy going to fit in the shuffle on the stacked main roster card. Uh, I think this match was good because it got him in the ring with somebody else with a lot of beef. And he, he still looked like the bigger man. He still had those big, meaty Lars thighs. And I think those... Those big old Lars thighs are going to carry him through the main roster. Yeah, man. they do They do a good job of using his body to set up his moveset. Like, those clubbing blows where he throws his whole arm. The crowd doesn't even know what to do oh, with yeah. it. Because you see it, like, I'm watching it on TV, and there's no crowd reaction. And that's because, you, you like, you don't, you don't see that. You don't realize that, oh, that his arm weighs, you know, three tons. That's why that hurts. So when he throws it over and knocks you in the back of the neck that that's worse than a punch yep um they, yep. they got to find some way to start selling that because that's that's something that can happen on the main roster where he has a very unique uh simple move that can hurt anybody and they got to find a way for that to get over so that the crowd is going oh well that's i mean that's why the keith lee punches are so great because he gets that slap on the chest in so that does sound like he's knocking teeth out um well, the uh, other Keith Lee thing I wanted to make sure we mentioned was um, if you think about, like, a little baby in a high chair Ooh, and you, I like where you know, you're giving going. them, like, birth... <laughs> you, <laughs> you give them uh, some birthday cake and they're like, mm, yeah. Yeah. and they eat the cake, but then you give them, like, a bowl of, uh, like, 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 Gerber's baby, you know, split peas mushed up, and then they do that, like, double palm slap on the high chair table. Yeah. Bam! That's what Keith Lee's knife edge chop sounds like and looks like to me. <laughs> and when he hit Lars with it, I, I popped. I was that was that's exactly what it looked like, and it it, it just looks super effective. You know why uh, that that uh, that description of it is so perfect because it looks like it's Keith Lee reacting on instinct when he does it because it wasn't anything yeah. that he lined up for a while or was like you know taking a step back and making sure he got the right spot. It was just right in the middle of a yeah. scuffle. He's just like, no! Yeah, smacks Lars across the ring. That's fantastic. Yeah. My big... Like, knife-edge chops are good, but they're always contrived. You know, like, there's a big wind-up. Oh! But this was just a... Yeah. Just a big yeah, wait, slap out of nowhere. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I want to talk about, too, like, uh, you, you were saying, Keith Lee... Um, making a name for himself on the uh, uh, indies man gotta keep all the beer vomit down um so, but one of the things i remember triple h talking about was uh teaching these guys how a, a hard camera works and i i think when we talk about these punches and we talk about these different moves i i think keith is very quickly figuring out how to use them with the camera and uh you know, I, I think if, if anybody is a quick learner, uh, he's already proved it because his matches have just gotten, like, I, I feel like exponentially is almost cutting it short. But, um, you know, he, he fights the little guys. You don't really get a, a real opportunity. Maybe that was his, his chance to get familiar with the camera and where it is and how to keep an eye on it. Um, but this, well, yeah, this he's, real match with Lyra. You know what it cool. is, too? Yeah, because we talk about it all the time where it depends on your dance partner. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is a really strong foil for Keith going up against Lars. But I think the problem with some of his earlier matches is he's he's a professional wrestler. Like, even being bigger than the opponents he's faced before, he didn't mind bumping for those guys. 
so it kind of made his matches have this weird kind of stilted uh pace to them because he's like hey i'm not gonna you know just bury you you know i'm gonna i'm gonna eat some of your offense and you know make you look good but you know he outweighs those guys by like 100 pounds so it kind of you know he had to give some momentum to his opponent but then still find a way to have the match go over as a squash so i think keith lee's professionalism with smaller guys kind of kind of gave him some stumbling out of the blocks but going up against lars that was that was perfect that's a it's a perfect send-off even in a loss uh keith lee looked so good uh tonight send-off is a good way to put it because this could be the end of lars winning for all we know uh we saw and i'll just i'll give the quick plug for the ad they did on on smackdown now so they had a, a raw commercial for lars sullivan then uh smackdown had the announced team talk about how he's the hottest free agent in pro wrestling right Ooh. now uh hinting that mm. maybe they fucked up by saying he's going to raw and now they're gonna switch it to smackdown uh i mean easy, easy way to write that in but now i i think I think when you you look at the two rosters, I think N or uh, NXT NXT's in need of some more big guys. Um, NXT makes yeah. the most sense. That's <laughs> <laughs> just instinctually that's where my head goes. But, you know, when you think about it, NXT UK is second best option, maybe two hundred five live. Um, <laughs> where he's really gonna thrive is NXT though. <laughs> yeah, he really would thrive in two hundred five. I, I think he'd become a beast. Um, he wouldn't be allowed to fight. He'd be a manager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he could manage. He could manage Leo. Smackdown Rush. does yeah. seem like the better route to go. There's smaller guys. Oh my god! Yes. In in that roster compared to the raw. I feel like because of our conversation last week, the WWE went, oh shit, yeah, he's like the shortest guy on the roster. Um, yes. Yeah, all right. Smackdown it is. How tall is Daniel Bryan? Five foot nine. Yeah. I have him fuck up Daniel Bryan. All right. Go get out there. I know. He's gonna like if they put him on Raw, he's gonna look like on that on NXT UK. Who's that little guy? He's, he's like the Warthog. What's his name? Uh, uh, he's the little beef. Be- no, there's a there's Mastiff, but there's a little guy. His name's like the the Warthog, and he wears like contact lenses and little spikes on yeah. his shoulders. Um, that's what Lars would look like, you know, standing next to McIntyre, standing next to Ambrose. Uh, being nose to nose with Seth Rollins because I'm pretty sure they're the same height. Um, but on SmackDown, he would be one of the bigger, beefier guys. I mean, you got you know Samoa Joe, you got Rusev, but they're not really treated like monsters anymore. Joe's just kind of a jerk, and um, you know Rusev's kind of a babyface, and he's you know not focusing so much on being the you know. Uh, end all be all you know apocalyptic monster which you know lars could step in and fill that role that you know lesnar had and roman to an extent had and now mcintyre has so it uh, it doesn't make sense to put him on raw matt it, he has to go on smackdown i totally agree well back, and back to keith lee uh we talked about the guys that he uh, absolutely destroyed one of them was marcel bartel and he got into a mix-up with EC3. He actually, you know, for as short as that match was, I thought it was booked pretty good. Um, I think uh, I think when we saw Marcel live at uh, NXT Live, I, I, it was amazing that a guy who did not say a single word got over on that crowd um, in uh, NXT Detroit. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, and, and it was just Marcel standing there. And, uh, you know, you... Uh, 
my my ignorance puts me in the realm of not even knowing who this guy is and uh he just stands in the middle of the ring and we're probably surrounded by people that are familiar with marcel i'm not but i got right on board with booing the guy and then uh he never said he never spoke a word on the microphone he put it up to his mouth a couple times put it back down the crowd just went nuts for that uh and then his match started right and that this yep. this was just um i i think what we saw there is a guy he's at least self-aware he's aware of what's going on and he can react to it and, and i think that is um it is it is pretty rare it is pretty rare to see someone react on the fly to something like that so well like and, and to be so subtle with your decisions like sometimes you run into guys that need to do an action to make a decision, and that lack of action was definitely the right choice for Marcel. Uh, so, if anything, we just know a guy is is in the ring with EC3 that gets, you know, he gets uh, he gets the business. He understands it, and it's it's just like looking at a quarterback or an offensive lineman in football, and you talk about this guy knows football. This guy is smart. And that, you know, regardless yep. of their strength, they're going to be a good football player. This guy's going to be a great yep. pro wrestler just because he knows how to work the crowd. But he ended up getting his butt kicked by EC3. Mike, I think you absolutely <laughs> love this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we had to get EC3 back on TV, the Golden God. Uh, he does the best promos, I arguably the best promos, and I'm including him in, you know, like I'm including Adam Cole. I think EC3 cuts funnier promos and they're more articulate um i think his problem is the same thing that keith lee has where he's such a i, I want to use the word gentleman in the ring like he will let you get your offense in and he even did that for marcel um it was a squash win for ec3 but marcel still got to hit um a couple insiguris he got to hit um a death valley driver and you know nigel got to comment on oh my look at the power on that move by Bartel!" like you know they didn't undersell it it wasn't like a um you know like middling move before a you know a, qu a quick one count or anything like that he got a two count yeah. out of it um so it's just ec3 being a gentleman you know kind of doing hopefully something that doesn't hold him back like dolph does where they say he oversells and that prevents him from being credible um but i think bartell what he's demonstrated to us in detroit what he's quickly demonstrating on tv this guy gets it absolutely like what you're saying honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he got some crazy call up um crazy in that it's a little unexpected but then they're they just feel super comfortable up there um you know something like how elias just got called up out of the blue right. when he did and you're like what the hell was that you know he just kind of he barely was on tv and nxt now this guy's you know on the main roster already uh, but he just knew how to have the crowd eating out a palm of his hand. Um, you know, the Miz coming from the real world. Um, obviously, he busted his ass, but you're like, what is the real world guy doing, you know, fighting John Cena? Um, and then, you know, somebody like Alexa Bliss, you know, she was managing a, a middling tag team, and then all of a sudden she's leading the female division right. on the main roster. I don't know if Marcel's, you know, that's, you know, probably... Uh, very optimistic ceiling but i just mean as far as getting it as far as having that confidence in front of the crowd and having so many you know mumble mouths and you know goofballs you know i'm looking at you bobby lashley uh who don't know what they're yeah. doing when it's microphone time 
Marcel gets it. And, you know, I have, I have high hopes for him based on what, you know, what very little exposure we've gotten of him. This guy gets it. He hasn't had, you know, scripted promos, just his face, his body language. He, this guy gets it. I think he's going to be okay. I, I think he's going to make an okay living with this company. Well, outside of uh, Bartel and, uh, well, of course, we got uh, EC3. Um, oh, and he called yep, out Bobby Fish, go. EC3. Yep. So that'll be, that'll, that, so, that could bode, uh, I, I don't know. I, at first I thought, oh, man, so Undisputed is, Undisputed Era is just hanging out um, down in NXT. But then I, I tried to, like, piece it together because that, that could mean, okay, now the tag, you know, um, what do I want to say here? I don't want to say the tag division. Uh, just uh, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly could be losing their titles soon. Uh, Adam Cole could be getting his last shot at the Royal Rumble. And, you know, what do we do with Bobby Fish? Well, he's going to feud with EC3. Uh, so at first I thought, okay, and not, not that I'm dying for Undisputed Era's career to be ruined once they get called up, but I think selfishly, being that I have tickets to the Royal Rumble, I would love to hear that. Uh, we're about to shock the system four times that night. That would be fucking great. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> uh, but I guess I'm, I'm looking for that. You know, how is that going to happen? It happens with this feud. It happens with the tag titles getting taken away. And it happens with Adam Cole having his farewell match. Um, I don't know. Maybe with Ricochet. Maybe with Pete Dunne. Maybe the three of them <coughs> go at it again. Who knows? <clears throat> Well, uh, what I wanted to say is it. I just feel like these NXT writers. It's like they're, a, you know, they're like the best. Let's let's do this. The 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 creator SpongeBob just died, and I feel like you know Sponge, you know, uh, you know rest in peace, um, my man. He gave us a lot of really good memories for that crazy cartoon. But there's a segue here coming. I promise. Uh, his, you know. SpongeBob was a fry cook, and he could perfectly juggle all these different, you know, patties. He worked by himself in the kitchen. You know, he did all the patties, he did all the fries. It was only SpongeBob. And I just mean these writers, the way they just juggle all these, you know, cooking patties on the burner. It's just, it's perfect. I wish, I wish, I can't believe that these guys don't get called up to Raw and SmackDown because of the way... They just let Bobby Fish, you know, pull out a chair and hit EC3, and so that sets the stage for EC3 having a Bobby Fish feud with juice yeah. to it. It's not. It's just time for them to fight. We we planted a seed a month ago for these guys to actually do battle and have a payoff match, and it's it's like it's already written to protect everybody. Everybody can look good out of this. Fish has already gotten the upper hand. EC3 is clearly the bigger wrestler. He's the bigger character. Uh, Fish can get some wins, you know, because of his his uh, his faction. The rest of the undisputed era, it's it just writes itself. It's just it's it's it's, it's such a good recipe. It's a it really is a SpongeBob Krabby Patty. It it's so good. That's why I make an effort to watch this show every single week, like every single second, every single week. I don't regret. Sometimes I regret my WWE Network subscription. When a pay-per-view comes around, um, what the hell was that WCW callback the other day, too, by the way? Yeah, I, um, I realized I didn't even put that in the show notes. That Starcade, holy, that Starcade. was awful. That yeah. was pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know what the point of that was. but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, you can't, you can't just constantly complain. 
You know, and we we definitely like saying these NXT writers, they know what they're doing because they they planted some really, really strong seeds. With this this side story, it's not even involving a belt in any shape or, you know, form. I just want to give credit to it. That's all. Yeah, no, and it it definitely deserves the credit, and that's why we carry the Wednesdays are for wrestling uh, hashtag with the Brothers of Discussion. So if you want to follow that conversation on Wednesdays, it's a little tougher to do. Uh, good old Matt got a job, so he's trying to figure out what he's going to do on social media uh, during NXT UK. Uh, it's a little tough to keep track of that while you're working. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, we'll make this promise that we'll, uh, we're going to keep putting out the podcast, but uh, it'll take a while to figure out what, what's going to happen with uh, – with uh, Wednesdays are for wrestling. Uh, at least we got one tweet out today. <laughs> it was celebrating the fact that it was Wednesday. Uh, and, and uh, you know, on top of NXT, and as I just mentioned, the other amazing part of Wednesdays is NXT UK. Uh, the, the first match on episode two uh, was was one I think we've, we've been waiting to see. We get to see Tyler Bate in some solo action, which we don't mind his tag action with Trent. But Tyler, nope. you know, is a fantastic pro wrestler. And uh, for all intents and purposes, I do think he kind of carries that tag team. I think Trent is fantastic on the mic. Um, but I think that tag team comes and goes with Tyler Bate. And we got to see him go up against Joe Coffey of the Coffey Brothers. Mike, I, I know you love this match. We have, uh, we have We're butting heads, it looks like, on our uh, intensity or what we're excited about on the notes for this match. Uh, I, I thought it was good, but and I know a lot of this has to go into the fact that they don't want to give everything away on just an episode of NXT UK, but what the fuck was the five minutes of rest holds right in the middle of that match? Not even right at the middle. You know what? That that match went on for like 16 minutes, I think, or maybe I'm, I'm counting this start of the show, so maybe the match goes on for 10 minutes. The last five minutes of that match are rest holds, and then even the last few uh, moves and bumps are from distractions from the outside. Uh, I I just we know that Tyler Bate has it. Is this a sign that the Coffee Brothers maybe aren't ready for prime time, or are we just getting? Are we just holding back? No, I I definitely think they were holding back a little bit. Um... This is going to be one of the big money feuds. Um, you know, they're trying to build a heel faction uh, with Wolfgang and the Coffee Brothers. It it sounds like something out of Red Dead Redemption, to be honest. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, going up against the three, you know, bigger faces of what was NXT, and now they're basically being asked to carry NXT UK in Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, and of course the. The Bruiser Wade Pete Dunn. Um, yeah, the fans yeah. kind of ruined this, that. This crowd was was hot, <laughs> hot, 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 hot for Pete Dunn. Um, and they really exploded. Obviously, they exploded when Tyler Bate came out to uh, you know get a little revenge on the Coffee Brothers. Um, but this is this is going to be a money feud. This is going to be. Um, you know, NXT UK's genesis as they look for their first, you know, takeover event. This three-on-three, three, these these guys all in the same ring, um, you know, this is what's going to sell tickets. And it's, for me, you know, I'm on board. Um, obviously, Bate and Dunn are two of the best in the world. And then, 
you know, you've got a, a up and coming bad guy gang and, you know, Trent Seven, who's funny as heck and he's got a belly just like I do. So we got something in common. <laughs> I like it a lot. You know, as we're throwing all these names around, I feel like when Trent Seven comes into the ring, there should be like this. I hope there's a UK chant that's being built right now. It's going to be pretty tough because of all the letters and words used and the types of sounds you need to enunciate this. So now I'm just kind of no-selling it, and I'm realizing how dumb what I'm about to say is. But I wish they'd go, <laughs> we're done baiting, Trent Seven! <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, so... <laughs> the, other, the other thing we got out of NXT UK, uh, you got to... You got to remember, you got two hours, but it's two one-hour episodes. Um, collectively, it was still in the same episode, if I'm not mistaken, was Rhea Ripley's coronation. She became the first NXT UK Women's yeah. Champion. Um, Well-deserved. Defeating, yes, uh, defeating the May Young Classic winner, Tony Storm, in the, in the final match of this uh, bracket. Uh, absolutely, like you said, well-deserved. Um and a lot like the TV show with uh, Mark Marin Glow, you don't want to give the babyface the championship to kick things off. You want to let the bad guys carry it, um, you know, to kind of give that entire division something to chase for, you know. Um, yeah, because the then it's like the story's the over if you if you started out with the with the face getting it. Right. Um, I'll say this too. This is like. Uh... And this this will be the difference, too, of NXT, NXT UK versus SmackDown. Or, you know what? Not SmackDown. Let's let's go over to Raw, and we'll have this conversation. Okay. <laughs> You'll know what I mean in a second. Um, when you talk about the, the best people in, in the business, you talk about the best people on their shows holding the belts, that is what's happening on NXT and NXT UK on a very consistent basis. I, I don't think we've ever argued or had to say, you know, I, I, I think Aleister Black winning the title was, it didn't make sense for his character. I think he's more about kicking ass, and, and I've, I've run that point into the ground. Uh, but it was still well-deserved. He still deserved to hold that title. Uh, I think Rhea Ripley over Tony Storm, a thousand percent deserves to hold that title over Tony. And, of course, Pete Dunne is the U.K. champion, and, and, and the length of time he's holding it, and, of course, his win against Devlin, I, I just it should just continue. He is the best guy on NXT U.K., and he should just continue to hold on to that title. Um, I, 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 you know, you put the indefinite mark on there because I, I don't know if there's anybody, and, and especially with him being friends with Tyler Bate right now, I don't know how you find a, a good opponent that works. You know... One thing that, you know, you, you mentioned in all these people um, successively, I think what, what kind of kills it for me for Tony Storm, as far as her being the NXT UK Women's Champion. It's all of her band-aids. Um, no, I, I actually like the Nelly look. <laughs> you know, that should come back. Uh, she should come out in her Air Force once. Um, but I think she's just too... She's too pretty. Wow. She's too pretty. And that's not to say Rhea Ripley's not a beautiful woman, but it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, this is a show that, you know, it, it's it's kind of in the gutters of the UK. You know, it's in a, a dimly lit building. It's, it's there's even an upper deck, really. It's just kind of people floating around on the outside. Yeah. Um, 
you know, not a lot of, not like, not like main roster WWE, where a lot of the guys who get the belts are, you know, they have uh, the chiseled jawlines. Yeah, they're the the big angular looking fellows. Uh, The women have all the, you know, bigger boobs. You know, they even made poor Charlotte do that. You know, if it was her own decision, that's cool. But I'm just saying, like, that environment encouraged it. Yeah. Where it seems like in the UK, it, it's a little more down to earth. A lot of these guys have kind of average bodies. Um, uh, the name escapes me, but they have a guy who has like a black vest on and black pants, and he's supposed to be like the Baron Corbin of the UK. And he's, you know, he's like six one. Yeah. You know, he he wouldn't even he wouldn't <laughs> well, remotely they fit, gotta in fit in these on the tiny main roster. buildings that they're doing matches in. Yeah. <laughs> so I just mean like. Tony Storm feels like she doesn't quite fit in. Like she's she's kind of a sore thumb because she is, you know, really, really pretty. And then when she's, you know, in the ring in the middle of the match, her hair is still in place. So it, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite jive with me the way the other NXT um well I um superstars like their like their look is. Uh, well, it's just it gives another parallel too to your uh, glow and the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Um, you know, where the main the main face on the gorgeous ladies of wrestling was super hot, and then they did their best to make sure that she stayed pristine and, and perfect, and you know, and then of course maybe if she goes heel, they they change that up a little bit and they let her hair not stay in the same shape the whole match. Um, no, I, I I'll just <coughs> say I, I think the the capper on this one is uh for me Rhea Ripley has has the look she definitely has the size over Tony Storm and she definitely has the skills over Tony and uh it'll be fun watching her run this division for I would assume quite a long time um on top of that Mike I don't know if there's anything else on NXT that you wanted to touch on I know if you hate Gibson uh you should go subscribe rate and review (laughs) uh Brothers of Discussion on iTunes (laughs) if you I hope that'll turn into a new chant on NXT UK going forward. If you hate Gibson, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, you can stand up. So if you hate Gibson, stand up. Uh, but let's jump. If you hate Gibson, stand up. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's do a buffer here between all the good wrestling, and uh, we'll talk about Monday Night Raw. And uh, the, I don't know, uh, the reviews going on for Matt, this show. Yeah. Was there anything redeeming on Monday Night Raw? Matt? I mean, I, I just wanted to skip even talking about it today. Um, but you, you came back at me and said, no, there are good things. I just, it, it's silly to to write in a vacation for Braun Strowman. Um, I mean, like, I, I talked about it on, on the Facebook uh, with some of our dear followers. And I, I I just, like, think about, and I hate to be the guy that's about to say, remember the good old days and the Attitude Era where everything was perfect? <laughs> you know, I remember <laughs> oh, the Attitude Era. back. No, I can't. I can't possibly. Okay, give me 20 <laughs> minutes with this microphone. Vince, you remember right. when it was, <laughs> remember Stone Cold got hurt for WrestleMania 2000? And, uh, you know, that was my idea to injure Stone Cold. Really? I thought it was brilliant because then what we would do <laughs> is we would put Stone Cold on the shelf. And then <laughs> after he comes back, there would be a pop. 
No, that was that was genius. You you uh, putting the whole company on eggshells. I I like it. It's uh, keeping everybody on their toes too. Um, you know the the financial stability of that company. Obviously, it hung on a blade, <laughs> but it was all worth it for that pop that I had when it's Stone Cold. That music came. When that music came, I know the company almost went under because the biggest superstar in WWE history almost died on my watch. But that pop when he came back, all worth it, I see. Well, it's it's odd, too, because I don't know if you were under contract with the WWE at the time. But if you Technically, I was not under contract. Never officially. Never for money. But... I always took credit for Stone Cold's injuries. <laughs> well, the point I wanted to make, Vince, and, and Mike, you can chime in too, was that WrestleMania 2000's main event consisted of four guys that went on to do great things for the business, which uh, are Mankind, Big Show, The Rock, and Triple H. So they weren't without an answer for a main event, and they just moved on. They just kept on rolling. Like it was, all right, next guy yeah. up. This, we need a whole story to go, all right, um, Braun Strowman wanted to be here. He did so bad. <laughs> the thing is, his elbow hurts, and, oh, yeah, oh. You, you know, I mean, you've got Becky Lynch with a broken face, but Braun Strowman's got a bruised up elbow, um, so we, we got to keep him out. He's got, we put paint on it, so he's going to go have a Christmas vacation, um, and have fun, Braun. But I, that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, and I, I get, this says nothing. I feel like I need to say this because of all the, every time I mention Roman Reigns, it's like it gets misinterpreted. Obviously, this has nothing to do with Roman Reigns and his diagnosis. But he shouldn't just. God, you're so insensitive. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he shouldn't just go down and then we go, oh, give Brock Lesnar $50 million. He'll do it for 10. I don't care. Give him 50. That, like, and then he wa- runs away with the title. I, that shouldn't be what happens. You could just have Drew McIntyre win the title in a stupid tournament where he dominates or cheats. It's just, it, they're, they are absolutely clueless with that the main event, and they're so scared to take a chance on someone else right now just talk about walking on eggshells they like if stone cold going down and and the floor was covered in eggshells the big big show in mankind just rolled right over all of them back in wrestlemania 2000 and now now this year it's if anybody gets within 20 yards of those eggshells your head's getting chopped off and i i just do 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 you remember when we were little and our parents would never buy pay-per-views for us? We just all we got was the the one hour pre-show, uh, Sunday, Sunday night, night heat. heat. Yep. Or we'd watch we'd that, watch the scribbly lines. <laughs> Try and yes, we would listen to the yeah we'd listen to the broadcasters. Try yes. to figure it out. Um. <laughs> honestly, this past Monday Raw was was more or less a three hour episode of Sunday Night Heat. No, uh, you got a you got a a, a handicap match of Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre. Riveting. You got Dolph Ziggler answering the call <laughs> in the Seth Rollins Open <laughs> Challenge. Um, 
you had Ronda and Natalia just kind of get beat up. Obviously, a Sunday Night Heat uh, moment. Uh, Kurt Hawkins declaring himself the tag team partner in the Mix Max Challenge to team up with poor Ember Moon, who just can't get a fucking break. Yeah, good, good you know, thing she the got only person, there. the only person who can tell Asuka, "Hey, stop complaining," is Ember Moon. Because <laughs> wow, if anybody is getting booked worse than Asuka, it's Ember Moon. Um, don't forget, we had the uh, five-star classic, uh, Jinder Mahal versus No Way Jose. <laughs> that those are officially um, Meltzer ratings, by the way. Yes, uh, we had a six-star classic. I don't know if you saw this or not. AOP versus Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. We had another bout of urination. Uh, Drake Maverick took a pee-pee on Bobby Roode's beautiful jacket. Which which I've made the claim, if you thought Seth Rollins saying, I don't give a shit about Nakamura, was, you know, was WWE's way of... It was, a, wink, wink. it was a little meta for me. It was a little meta yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> this went way beyond that. Yes, this was double meta. <laughs> this was Bobby Roode. They might he might as well have been might as well have been Vince holding Bobby Roode's contract. I Yeah, I think you're getting a push, you son I, of a bitch. I would go as far to say that was Vince pretending that was Bobby Roode's face. And I I you know, I'm not the biggest Bobby Roode fan, but Yeah, what me the neither. Fuck? But part of that is because of the way he's booked. Like we, you know, we kind of liked him in NXT. He had the cool entrance. And yeah. He put on some pretty good match. Obviously, he's not super awesome on the microphone. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, you're not doing him any favors, making him a face. You know, I know not the whole roster can be healed, but this guy needs to be healed. He's all about gloating. I I don't know. How do you have a face who gloats? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, what am I? Uh, what are you gonna do? I, I don't know. Um. <laughs> And the last, the crown jewel, if you will, of <laughs> this three-hour marathon of Sunday Night Heat, oof, was the poor revival jobbing out to the Lucha House Party Lucha, in a special Lucha, Lucha, Lucha House Party rules match. The Lucha House Party rules are as follows. It's a handicap match. We get all three of our guys, and you still just get your two. <laughs> yeah uh, what wasn't that fun <laughs> what a fun way to book a you match. know oh my god i can't i can't believe like you know how we've had episodes where we pulled our hair out like oh how are you gonna book you know gargano versus velveteen dream you know we don't really quite have their heel and face dynamics you know uh uh figured out so it's gonna be tough for the crowd to really gauge who to cheer for and who to boof what is this <laughs> How is the good guy team cheating with the three-on-two advantage that they're declaring? It's not like the bad guys are gloating and saying, yeah, go ahead and use all three of you bozos. (laughs) It's their idea. It's their idea to cheat. Like a week ago, I I begged for like when Lars Sullivan comes up, maybe he can be the first smart big guy. Oh, please. But what the – how dumb do you have to be to be – like just walk away from the match, (laughs) your heels. Fuck this. Get out of here. Walk away from this company revival. Yes, go. There you go. Go. Save yourselves. I, You know, I, for one, I think you skipped over, you know, uh, and I know we talked about Ronda and Natalia getting beat up, but, you know, Nia Jax just can't pull off 
a, a dominating heel. And, you know, it's like we're talking about Bobby Roode can't do face. A part of it's his, you know, goofy Ray Romano, Sylvester Stallone <laughs> voice. But for Nia Jax, it's so, like, it's not intimidating at all. She just sounds like some California girl who's, you know, uh, like, just just going from, like, a movie perspective. Like, the California girl, like, from Clueless or something. Like, she's just, uh, come on, Rhonda. This is going to be fun. I'm going to punch you with my super hard fist. Oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? How is that intimidating? First of all, how is that pro wrestling? But I just... Uh, McIntyre works for so many different reasons, but the best one that I can come up with is his voice matches the character. Nia Jax will never be able to sell to us that she's the dominating force uh, because she doesn't have the voice to do it. It's too whiny. It's too... It sounds a lot like um, on that cartoon, uh, Big Mouth. It sounds like she's Lola. I like... That's going... Argh. You know, that's that's yeah, Nick Kroll voicing a right. girl. So that's... Yeah. Um, which we're not saying she sounds like don't... a man. We're just saying it's... It, it's a really whiny, like... Like her... her ca- the cadence and the pitch. It sounds like... Nick Kroll pretending yeah, to be. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if Nia actually talks like that, um, but she'd do well to have acting lessons if she does actually talk like that to make sure she does, you know, like she can change the way she sounds with acting. <laughs> acting. Yeah, um, like uh, um, Strowman mentions it all the time. Like, you know, he's got, uh, I just got my cut of my southern voice, you know, but then I got these hands. <laughs> like, that's a character he does. <laughs> And I know Naya couldn't pull off like a, I'm going to get you, cookie, cookie, cookie. But that goes along with, uh, you know, there's there's other people in this business that could use a shot at the title or it could pull off their character work or it could be not breaking the face of the best wrestler in the business right now. It's just, it's all adding up for me. Like, I, I know I'm supposed to be psyched that they're using becky's broken face to build up like that's how bad the raw writers are (laughs) they're using the smackdown character to get exactly jesus um i don't know that's it for raw for me i feel like it's time to move on to the better main roster show i'm just gonna get well i feel like didn't you have i had really high hopes when uh naya her first appearance after the the botch on becky uh when she was kind of holding her fist and getting all the booze. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, yes. Like, she's got some awareness. Yes. You know, like, really, really harness it. You know, just be a ball of hatred. Yeah. Make us loathe you. And then, you know. Yeah, she's just, she's too playful. We, she's just, oh my God, I'm going to punch you, uh, Rhonda. You're just going to get a broken face like Becky. It's like, no, just. Just go out there, do Chris Jericho, do low and slow, and get the crowd to lean in, and then you know, give them shit for being fans of Becky. Yeah, like it's I, simple. If she could even take, if she could take lessons from Marcel Bartel. Yeah. Oh my I mean, god, she could have gone out there and just stood there and rubbed her fist, or you know, break yeah. the rules, give the fans the finger. Like, <laughs> boom, instant heat. 
Hey, get a little fine. Get a fine. Come on. Who cares? You know what? You know what would look good on that middle finger? A brass ring. Huh? You know, uh-huh. I feel like uh-huh. wrestling fans now, like, think about how crazy we went for Becky Lynch's blood. Like, it, it, we're, yeah. they're like hockey fans that are, are like the old hockey fans that, you know, we're fighting belongs in hockey. That's the only thing that defines it. And when there's a fight in right. the arena, the crowd just goes, like, even me, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm done with the fighting. But when there is a fight, I just go ape shit. It's the hottest shit in the world. It's like, yeah, fuck him up. Kill him. And my guy <laughs> is the one who's down on the ground getting his ass kicked. But <laughs> It's like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Thought the right. chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, if she had done the it's finger, the crowd would have yeah. just gone. But bel- like, that would have they would have exploded. Oh, I hate her! Ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, someone's <laughs> flipping me off. Oh, I hate her, but I like it. Yeah. You know, I, I do want to mention another thing too, because this will be easier to get off on than well, that's a bad choice of words. Um, but. We, we did kind of no-sell the most disappointing aspect of the night for me, which oh. was... It wasn't Lucha you know, House Party and the Lucha House Party rules? Dolph Ziggler coming out uh, to Seth Rollins' oh. open challenge. And I know you mentioned yeah. it, but how many guys could that have been? <laughs> and then it's... <laughs> <laughs> Never was that sound more appropriate. I, I just... What a it's bummer. It's not time. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Uh, and I love Dolph Ziggler. I'm the one who owns all of his dumb T-shirts, which is a terrible investment. I don't recommend it. And now, yeah, you know what, Matt? It's too bad you have those. <laughs> That's a reference to one of his T-shirts. Because it says it's too bad. I'm, so too I'm painting my house that. now, and I have too many wrestling T-shirts, so those are the casualties right now. <laughs> oh no! I've got one. Dolph Ziggler T-shirts are the casualties. <laughs> It's one Dolph, and then I used one of my Brock Lesnar t-shirts. Just out of hate. Like, out of hate. I was like, fuck you, Lesnar, and I put it on, and I got paint all over it. Yeah, I know you don't book yourself, but still. like, (laughs) I know what you represent. Shut up, I can be mad at Brock, but I want to be mad at me. (laughs) I know you put over Daniel Bryan like a son of a bitch, but still, like, come on, bro. All right. Uh, (laughs) Um... Uh, besides uh, deflowering deflowering your wrestling t-shirts, uh, your beloved Dolph Ziggler shirts, what was the best Matt hot take? What was the when best? I with my knob while I was in them. Now I'm not gonna say no. Let me now. <laughs> let me revise my own question here. I don't want to say best case scenario because I don't want you you know blowing a load in your pants because Adam Cole answered the challenge. Matt, hot tag. Who is a best case but realistic? <laughs> scenario for the open challenge who could have came out this monday and who could potentially come out the following monday matt hot take i say this both of these guys that i'm going to mention also should win the match because seth rollins doesn't need to hold that title heading into a a blood feud with dean ambrose both of the guys could have been apollo cruz well, I mean, they're not both Apollo Crews. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't even let you finish your answer. Ooh. But and go ahead. Lars Sullivan. Hmm. Now, the other one I saw online that I'm going to steal from Bleacher Report was Bray Wyatt. I don't know what his oh. injury situation is, but if he came out, I would have, I mean, yeah, it would have been everywhere. 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the news or uh... my my semen would have been all over my your all oh, over the walls. Wow. Yeah, Bray Wyatt okay. coming would have been great. Um, me coming for Bray Wyatt coming. Uh, I think that's a pretty good headline to uh, my next article on on BOD podcast, but it didn't happen. Uh, Lars Sullivan no. didn't happen. Apollo Cruz didn't happen. You give either one of those guys a win over Seth Rollins and the Intercontinental title. You know, I. It depends on what they do next. Maybe they've decided Apollo Cruz just doesn't have it. I'm sort of on that boat. But. Seth Rollins isn't going to take a hit from that loss. Like, uh, I don't know. It, 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 there's, as far as we know, the Intercontinental title does not carry anything. It's always the guy who holds it. And I, I, nobody's building the title back up to relevancy. It's just, okay, we put a guy who's relevant holding the title. That's what I've seen. That's what I've observed over the last few years because whoever they give it to, that isn't Seth Rollins, isn't John Cena. The title just disappears again. Same thing goes for the U.S. title. So it's all about who holds the title. So if you're ever going to give it to anybody else, it's going to drop in relevancy. So why not try and build up a guy like Apollo Crews or get Lars Sullivan off on the right, the first step? And now we're talking about Raw way too much. I know. This is more than we ever want to talk about Raw. Ever. <sighs> Matt, I think Lars would have been a solid choice uh, if they would have had the balls. The bows. The bows. Put somebody from NXT on there. It would have been cool. Um, and it's just uh, it's such a cluster. Because you couldn't have Elias do it because he's got to you know play jiggly balls with you know Bobby Lashley yeah. and you know, get pummeled by Drew McIntyre. This is a spot for Lars. Maybe that's what's coming up this week. I also think in just a gentleman's contest, somehow you have a a tie. Um, You know, if you could get Ricochet in there, because I I don't know how he's going to fare on the main roster, but let him, you know, show that he's got... Yeah, he... You know, kind of a measuring stick against Seth Rollins. I, I can say now, um, I think we both love and respect Ricochet. He's another guy I, I'm predicting now that will struggle on the main roster. Easily will struggle. Um, talk about voices matching your character. Adam Cole's voice matches perfectly with his character. Ricochet, a face. who kind of... Uh, no, that's not going to work. I, I love mean, Ricochet. Like, we couldn't, we, we couldn't, we couldn't get Neville to work. Yeah, I mean that's a, no. And he had an incredible, you, he had an incredible you heel. You are voice. nailing it right now with that. Neville is the perfect example for why Ricochet won't work. And I love Ricochet, and I think he's perfect for NXT in his role right now. But he's also not really delivering like a groundbreaking promo. He just goes out there and does flips, and I love it. It's great. I think we all love it, but. That's not gonna work for the main roster. He should just love his paychecks down in NXT. Be happy with the exposure. Go back to the indie scene and get paid. Well, the only thing is Neville is British. He's kind of ugly. Um, oh yeah, Ricochet's pretty. I, he's pretty what hot. A, what, a, what a what a what an objective take I just yeah. gave. So he's not a traditional Vince guy because he's short. He has big ears. You know, he's kind of got like a little. Kind of gnarly little um, troll nose. And, you know, Ricochet, I think, is kind of a handsome guy. So I think he's got he's got a little bit of a shot in a Vince McMahon company. 
Um, and I say Neville ugly in the, you know, highest respects. My favorite dog is a pug. I think oh, that you are, you are the pug of wow. wrestling, and I love I'm you. I'm sure he loved that. I miss you. I miss your laugh. What is it? His name is uh, Pack or Puck? Uh, Puck. Puck. Yeah, it looks yeah. like he's he's his name's getting bounced around to go to this elite club or I don't know. Maybe he'll just run around the indie scene. He's a little bit shorter than um, uh, Mr. Mr. Ricochet. Yeah. Um, and I think that name Adrian Neville was kind of a... Because eh, you kind of are your name and your music. So he had pretty cool music. Uh, but then he had that weird like Minnie Mouse cape. That was um, stupid. Ricochet does not have a cape. Uh, his name is Ricochet, which it sounds like bullets. You know, like... Um, he's kind of handsome, and I, th- I think that's why he's got a shot in Vince's company. Yeah, he's got a he's got a ten pack going too. Um, now let's move yeah. on to the show that we all we all love now. I think uh, champions wise, even even oh, the people God, yeah. fighting for the belt. I mean, this show gets it. Um, if you're bitching about SmackDown, you don't like pro wrestling. That's as easy as it is. That's. Uh, I gotta say, if if people are still complaining about SmackDown, you don't like pro wrestling. You like social media. You like causing shit. That's what you like. You don't like pro wrestling. That was that's the the I I and if you are that person that trolls and whines about SmackDown, um, I just like again a couple weeks ago I mentioned that people were bored of AJ Styles' title run. What? <laughs> like just amazing matches one after another like obviously the nakamura stuff all of the endings were disappointing but it was great all you know in between <laughs> the samoa joe stuff was great i that was some of samoa joe's best stuff since he joined wwe i as oh, evil as he got i, I just I, I loved i loved it all and then you know aj got to be our conquering hero over gender and now him losing the yep. title, he gets to try and fight it back, fight back against Mike. Now your all-time favorite heel, as you were whispering into the mic earlier, if nobody heard it, and and of course one of our all-time favorite wrestlers, and Daniel Bryan. Maybe he's lost yep. a step since hitting the hyperbaric chamber on a weekly, daily basis, but he's still got, you know, he's definitely got the heel skill. Uh, he's got the uncanny ability to not give a shit about his head when it comes to in-ring fighting, and he just does crazy shit still. Um, yep. You know, and like I said, it, he's obviously, if you're watching Daniel Bryan and you go back to everything before he left, he's he's a step slower. Um, but I think the idea that he still wants to be that guy and he'll go out there out of his way and, you know, maybe that slow step is what caused him to do some headbutts on accident you know maybe that's why uh but the fact that he's still going out there and he wants to be daniel bryan of old i think that's what's selling this so hard um and not and not that you know i'm, I'm making comments on his specific promo work over the last two weeks because uh, now he's a brand new daniel bryan in that in that scenario or in that in that case but I, the point here yeah. is that right now we've got the bar and the usos We've got Nakamura and Rusev. We've got Becky Lynch, Asuka, and Charlotte, and Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. These are the people in tag 
or tag feuds, Jesus, and title feuds, and we have nothing <laughs> to complain about with this. No, um, you know Becky's just been a hundred percent on her game. It it hasn't felt at all like a um, you know, like a one like a one off. Every 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 thought, every every sentence, every tweet has just been right on the money. Um, I can't help but laugh at her new uh, Twitter profile where she says, I hug people I don't like when I'm concussed. Recently broke myself out of Dr. Jail. Am the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, um, the other thing I really liked was uh, AJ Styles was going on and on about, you know, how, um, you know, he, he was the fighting champion. You know, he used to be there every single day um you know that that's what that's what that's what the house aj styles built that's what it's all about now daniel bryan he's on building my house that i built all summer and then last winter too and daniel bryan goes yeah the old daniel bryan wrestled 227 matches in a calendar year much more than aj's ever done in his career shortly thereafter he needed neck surgery the new daniel bryan is above that sort of masochism so it's just this perfect like kind of kicking your your feet up and being like you know i i paid my dues I've already done that. There's, you know, as the champion, as the best, I don't need to keep doing that anymore. I have the belt. I've already, you know, busted my hump. I've, you know, I've, I've got the calluses on my hands, on my, on my neck. I, I already did it. I'm done, bud. Yeah. Show's over. <laughs> um, we're not it's, live. It's such a great. It's, yeah, we're not live, buddy. I'm at home. <laughs> Go away. Um, I'm having an avocado I made. I grew this shit, man. I didn't go to Mexico for an avocado like those commercials. I made it. That's my avocado. Daniel Bryan is having an avocado right now, and he should be. Matt, yeah. this <laughs> is over as Daniel was as a face. I think he's he's doing a knockout job as a heel. Um, there's a lot of, you know, kind of cookie-cutter... Uh, kind of heel tactics you can use but this him being a kind of a kind of kind of in the mold of brock lesnar but also contextually still putting his own life story into it it's it's what makes him such a compelling character where he blends that wrestling gimmick life with his own blood sweat and tears life you know the mortal man brian danielson this this is such a brilliant angle yeah and it sounds like some NXT guys got called up to SmackDown. Not quite yet to Raw, but they have been called up to SmackDown. Well, I feel I feel like too, like we we've always uh, gravitated towards Daniel Bryan, and that was how all the WrestleMania uh, was that WrestleMania thirty, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, when he had his yeah, big moments. Yeah. I mean, that's how all that stuff happened. Is because we wanted to be a part of Daniel's life, and because of that, we started taking over live live events and shows that wwe had where they couldn't even announce the next main event feud because all we would do is chant daniel bryan or yes and because of that he gets his title shots and and not for a moment did he become less interesting to us uh when he got hurt we still wanted to be a part of daniel bryan's life and now yep. now at least from this perspective of him him sort of just changing this idea that he does it for us to now he's doing it for him um i it just we still want to be a part of that and you know him taking that away from us is what's going to make him such a great heel it, it's it's such a you know as you put it like playing off the real life and finding that blend 
he I, I'll, I'll just say I think I'm, I'm saying this two different ways I'm saying he's kind of lucky in that sense but he's also doing it perfectly like he's lucky in the sense that we gravitate towards him so organically where maybe we don't do that so much for other wrestlers or maybe the WWE just hasn't caught on to how or maybe, maybe it's just not enough people you know, like there's still there's little groups of people that are like, I can't believe Samoa Joe's not getting a title shot. But then all the people that aren't doing that are, you know, then there's the me's who are like, I can't believe Drew McIntyre isn't the champion. But everybody cares about Daniel Bryan, and that's that's the difference. Same thing with Becky Lynch. Yep. This uh, the the two. The two main uh, pieces of gold on SmackDown. It's just such a compelling story where Becky Lynch has transformed herself into a motherfucking stone-cold Steve Austin somehow. And then Daniel Bryan, who was the most over-babyface of all time, who inspired an entire generation of wrestling fans to just protest, exactly like you're saying, protest what's been booked and change you know what's what's scripted to happen it's written down you know for wrestlemania now daniel bryan has flipped it and said you know i want to get this over with aj styles i want to get this whole storyline over and we saw you know what a mistake it was to have him you know fight somebody kind of a, a great character with um roman reigns how you know nakamura did kick him in the balls but it it just wasn't it didn't quite hit its its stride um, the best matches we've ever seen with AJ on a, in a WWE ring were with Cena, and that's because of, you know, his, what it represented, you know, as far as like a real indie wrestler versus a shiny WWE product. So that had a very clear defined, you know, two roles. And I think Daniel Bryan kind of saw that and said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm as good as Cena, you know, as far as a sto- in-ring storyteller. So let's do this. People are going to cheer AJ Styles, no matter if he's a face or a heel. Let's see if I can be a heel. Let's see if I can turn him around because, you know, they they love doing that 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 chant, yeah. right? I came into this company, you know, stealing belts, you know, coming out of the money in the bank, um, you know, stealing championships from Mark Henry and Big Show when I was, you know, me with my, you know, 5'11 height, 190 pounds, Um you know, I was able to do that. I was able to get that yes over. I was able to get the no over. Um, you know, I was I was a slimy little turd because, you know, I I have the facial expressions. Let me try to do that, and I I it's it's just it's hitting home perfectly. I I can't I can't believe how good he is at this. But I mean, he he set a precedent when you know he's winning world championships. Um, and losing them to Sheamus at WrestleMania in 15 seconds. But um, he has set precedence for being a really good, you know, heel. And, you know, we talk about... I don't think you could have flip-flopped AJ again because he's he's so over at this point. But um, we know AJ's limitations. He's uh, probably the best in the ring in the world. Um, when it comes to wrestling, but on the mic, he's like a solid B plus, you know, he's never going to be, you know, an A plus, but I think Daniel has that ability. And I think Daniel kind of, somebody in the writing room saw that and said, Hey, Daniel's going to be able to get this over. We're going to have a clear dynamic feel, a <laughs> feel, haste, oh, face, heel. <laughs> 
Somehow I did both backwards. That was pretty yeah, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> Feel the haste. That was, I hope that wasn't too rambly, but no. it's it's like it's just kind of you had to kind of go full circle and say what a uh, what a success it is um, to get this very difficult story, you know, defined for the audience. Because now I I kind of want to boo Daniel, but it's just a boo like an appreciation of what a great bad guy he's building. So yeah, and, and it's especially hard to do in this day and age. Um, I we know so much, and that you know that brings up another another story. And and as hard as it is for Daniel to like get past how much we want to love him, and uh, you know, and, and I think uh, to your point, how how successful he's been uh, so far, you know, is just is just another. It's another handful of evidence for how great Daniel Bryan is, is at his job, and and another element uh, on SmackDown that kind of showed uh, how in tune the fans are is, is how much everybody loved the Samoa Joe ripping into Jeff Harvey, <laughs> yeah, and his uh, his what was it uh, twenty years in pro wrestling that uh, yeah kind of i guess works because he was with another company but he's been i mean he probably wrestled before that eh, so i don't know eh, we'll let yeah it slide. it's like well, well he he was here 20 years ago anyways um yeah. samoa joe kills it again with an alt you know like blending reality holy shit because uh, we're talking about blends we're not talking about the blends that uh the types of wines that Jeff Harvey apparently can't stop Woo! sucking down, but uh, we're talking about blending that reality of that notion, and uh, <laughs> and the fact that we all know that worked so well with that promo. Um, you know, I, I brought up last night my favorite, uh, and I keep calling him Jeff Harvey uh, in, in regards to the Micah Domley <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. accidental. Uh, that, that was... Uh, Royal Rumble, what, 2007? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who cares? I'm just trying to show off my wrestling knowledge, and I was probably wrong. Um, <laughs> so, uh, ah, shit. Now I even forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, either way, uh, you know, Samoa Joe just tears Jeff Hardy. Oh, I know. My favorite Jeff Hardy moment was him getting rolled up by Sting. And uh, while while Jeff was, uh, I'm guessing inebriated in, in some capacity, uh, oh, and God. Sting had to yeah. do the force pin, and you could see Jeff trying to kick out of it. One, two, three, match over. It was ugly. Um, I mean, one of the reasons that Jeff wasn't with the company was was the amount of trust they could give him. You know, it, it just you you got to earn trust, and he gave the WWE so many reasons. Not to trust him. And even his stint yep. back with the WWE now was mixed with some stuff. Like his most recent stint with the WWE that started with Matt Hardy and then went on from there. But it was still mixed yep. with some issues where he can't just be a responsible adult for five minutes. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that that's an issue, the fact that he can't do a promo, I... We'll come back to Nia Jax and how I feel about her. I I don't need to see Jeff Hardy in another match for the rest of my life. I. <laughs> well, that's why Joe's promo was so good because he talked about you know Jeff getting second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth, twenty, 
Um, Joe has still never gotten gold. Yeah. In the company, he got NXT gold. Uh, so you know Triple H understood that he's amazing. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if he's you know he's just too old for Vince's taste. He's you know we're still shocked that AJ got it somehow. Right. Um, but uh, you know uh, Nakamura never got to really taste it. Um, you know Balor had it for you know a cup of coffee literally. Um, but yeah, Joe, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I'm a bigger fan of his than you are as far as, you know, I really like his insiguries. I like his power moves. I like his, um, coquina clutch. I love his promo work. Um, and the guy's just not, he's just not getting over. So when he was saying, you know, you're getting all these 20th chances and I'm not getting one, there was a, there's just a tiny little window where you could see Joe turning face with that yeah. promo because he's making some good points about the company not really giving him an opportunity to succeed. Not even, not even just WWE. Joe was struggling with the same thing in TNA too. Uh, and I, I only say this based on us listening to Busted Open on, on Sirius XM because I've never watched, I've never watched Impact. I've never watched TNA. I mean, I've seen it. But I could never call myself a regular viewer of that uh, of that program. But we know that Samoa right. Joe was also struggling to get gold on a consistent basis there, even though he was performing at a high level. So to that end, the show that he stuck with, the brand that he was like, "This is my brand," still didn't trust Joe to give you know to have him hold the title. But Jeff Hardy was holding the title. So it's it's just it's it's almost like it's never ending for Samoa Joe and we might be on the cusp where where I'm talking about like these awesome title feuds we might be on the cusp of one of the most real hot like one guy fucking hating another guy or at least he should kicking the shit out of each other in the ring kind of feud I like yep. This this could be huge, and and, and to, to to put that on top of Becky Lynch and Charlotte and Asuka, it's just, you know, and and I'll I'll come back too. I'll come back to the the point where, you know, maybe SmackDown is being written better, but they're also a lot luckier, uh, to have, you know, just that organic push that started at Money in the Bank was the article I wrote right after Money in the Bank that Becky was primed for that big push. Um, so that swell started organically. It wasn't a push they were trying to give Becky. They're, they're lucky. They're lucky that Daniel Bryan got hurt. Because now they get to do this. I mean, I mean, they're lucky that AJ Styles wanted to take a chance with the WWE. And, and it just, you know, with, with this stuff too, now, now they're lucky that they have a degenerate. Uh, or, you know, at some points of his life, you have Jeff Hardy going up against the guy who, who is the heel. But by all accounts, has done everything by the book. Uh, you know, when we're talking about behind the scenes, uh, we know that uh, from from the voices of people who work with him, that he is a nice guy. He does do the interviews. He is nice to the fans. Uh, yeah. He's good to management. He does what the company asks, whichever company he's working for. Yep. It's just, I don't know. I, it's just very bizarre when you see like Monday Night Raw every week and how Baron Corbin gets tons of TV oh time. God. He gets tons of promos. He's on he's on there with Stephanie McMahon for God's yeah. sakes. Uh, he can't wrestle. His you know he his his mic work leaves a lot to be desired. And Joe just seems to get it. Like he's got the voice. He's got the delivery. 
he's got the um he's got the acting chops yeah. like it he it sincerely cares. seems like he you know hates jeff hardy and that's just a character you know he's you know they probably high-fived after that and said man i really ribbed you good didn't i um and i i, I don't know because you know you want to make the argument that they don't like sorry that was my joke um no you're fine uh that they don't like indie guys but you know they've given somebody like obviously aj styles they've given you know kevin owens gold um but man you like you compared uh i will say like uh samoa joe like look at asuka like the two of them are kind of in a similar boat uh nakamura they're all in the same boat um I'm starting to realize all of those are non-white people. Well, the other thing too is those guys all like they weren't necessarily in indie wrestling. Um, you know, we got to we got to remember New Japan is as big as the WWE is over in Japan. And then uh, yeah. Ring of Honor is uh, for all intents and purposes number 2. So they still have the production value, the regular TV schedule. Um, they sign guys to long-term contracts. They're not they're not just, you know, they're not only doing matches for Ring of Honor. They, they can go elsewhere, which I think was Joe's final stop before coming to the WWE. I think he did, a, like, a short stint with, with uh, Ring of Honor. But, like, I think it's it's about these guys getting built up in different places, and, they, and Vince isn't sure about, like, where are they going to go next? Are they just using me? Which really is a whole nother psychological issue we'd have to digest and ask, you know, what did Vince's dad do to Vince to <laughs> make him so, you know, question himself like this, where it's like, well, we can't give, I don't care what the fans want. This is me. This is what I want. So it's just, um. Because <laughs> I know Vince was uh, at least one gimmick he wrote in the past two weeks, and that was Drake Maverick peeing his pants twice. <laughs> I'm laughing at you saying it, not Drake being his pants. Um, well, I guess, yeah, yeah. for me, um, I, I'm I, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because I love SmackDown. I'm also saying they're lucky. I, I don't know. I, I'm just happy it exists. Um, if you're not enjoying this, if you're not enjoying the fact that they still are writing weekly episodic television and now it's super interesting – in the time of year where they normally turn it off, uh, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That's uh... yeah. It, you know what I will say? Um, because we're we're almost sitting an hour and a half, and we try to never hit that barrier because it's it's there's too much entertainment. We know you oh, can't yeah. stay along the whole time, but um, it, at the very least, it's making the rumble look more and more interesting because it's so wide open right yeah, now. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say I made that point last week, so I'm glad that it's it's sunk it's, in. It's not going to be Braun. <laughs> it's not going to be Brock. It's not going to be Daniel Bryan. <laughs> it's not going to be AJ. So you got a you got a pretty wide open field right now, and I I think that's the best case scenario for that event. It's gonna be Naya. Oh jeez. Well, Matt, we're closing <laughs> on uh, hour and twenty-three yeah. here. Um, we got kind of a hopefully, hopefully a better week ahead. Um, you know, we got some undisputed era fighting with EC3 coming up. Um, we're gonna be setting the stage a little more. We're gonna have you know Becky Lynch is probably gonna have even more TV time, and now we're gonna have Asuka uh, trying to get through some promos with her and Charlotte. Um, 
Matt, it's always a pleasure, sir. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do the call to action here. Uh, let's make sure that you uh, all go to iTunes and subscribe.